welcome to Slightly Something Else, everyone. I'm Yata Crowshaw, shaking off a bit of a cold this week. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm through the worst of it, and I'm joined by Marty Sleaver. I'm having a whole tree removed from my yard because a pipe underneath it burst. So if any loud noises occur, that's that's what's happening. Trees I think it should more, be mostly done. Trees in yards are more trouble than they're worth anyway. We had to have uh, yeah. some major front garden surgery done to get some roots out of the way of the plumbing. The guy, the guy who is, we'll, we'll get to the main topic soon. The guy, uh, it was a bunch of very manly men who came. They were very nice. They, they uprooted it. And I went out there and looked at it like an hour ago. And I was like, wow, it's got a lot of roots. And the guy looked at me. He's like, yeah, trees have a lot of roots. I was like, yeah, funny. This that. guy's probably thinking I'm an idiot. <laughs> this idiot comes out in like a, in a cardigan with his coffee. And he's like, oh, look how big the tree is. Go back inside. That's what they said to me. Probably. They probably laughed at me when I left. But you yes. know what? We know more about spooky games. Yeah. And non-spooky. Yeah, where are those guys when they have to recommend a horror game to someone before the Halloween period? Exactly. And because it's October, we've decided to uh, tackle a couple of spooky game subjects in slightly something yeah, else, possibly yeah. uh, uh, more over the course of the month. But for this mm-hmm. week, we're talking about unintentional spooky moments in games. And when you suggested yeah. this, my eyes sort of glossed over it for a bit, and I moved on to the rest of the topics in the list of suggested topics. Mm-hmm. But then uh, the more I thought about it, the more I realized there's actually a surprising number of examples of scary yeah. moments in games not necessarily intended to be scary. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's a it has a long history, and I think, in a lot of art. Like There's a lot Marty. of children's TV and movies that like traumatized me as a kid. Marty, think fast. Terrifying. Our poor man. That's just a whole if we want to there's a whole cottage industry of fear that involves fear of the water, fear of the depths. And I got like a thousand games that I'm afraid of because of the water. Yeah, I was thinking about other examples in non-spooky games, and uh, I keep thinking about Mario Sunshine and the level where you have to clean the teeth of a gigantic monster eel at the bottom of the sea. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that deep. Mario, a lot of Mario games have escaped. Mario 64 started the whole, let's go underwater, and oh, there's an eel, and you're going to die because you're going to suffocate down here. I think it's natural for just horary bits to occur in games just because so many games have to use the language of danger and uh, Mm -hmm. death. Yeah, yeah. uh, Especially with uh, with regards to water, there's something particularly nightmarish about being trapped underwater and unable to breathe. Have you ever played the actual Tomb Raider? There's a... Yeah. If you, like, just stay underwater without coming up for air, Lara Croft makes quite a horrifying series of spasms as she in her death throes... And it might be that's like one of those things that is somewhat relatable. Like I've luckily, knock on wood, never drowned or come close to drowning. But I've definitely been underwater where I've like needed to catch my breath and had to sort of panic a little bit to get to the surface. And so I can I can envision something bad going on underwater more so than like being lost in the middle of space or something. I've never uh, almost drowned, but occasionally when I watch a movie where there's an action sequence based around characters being trapped underwater and have to get out uh, yep. before they drown, uh, then yep. I will hold my breath to see if I can hold it as long as they can. Yeah. Can you? Do, do you think you have like a, a large lung capacity? Well, we've actually tried this on stream before. I think you might even have been there. I think there was a stream oh, yeah. with, with three of us, uh, and we all like uh, competed to see who had the biggest who could hold their breath the longest and i won yeah that might have been like a sea of thieves thing or a pulsar yeah yeah I think being a naturally that. large tall gentleman means i have a naturally mm-hmm. large lung capacity 
but also yeah. the fact that I also have a good speaking voice also reflects good lung capacity. That's also true. You and Frost, the biggest lungs. There you go. Yeah, look at the lungs on that one. Hey, the lads. How accurate? How accurate do you think it would be if you were underwater and a large bubble was coming up that you could like put your mouth on the bubble and regain your breath? Do you think I don't, know I, I don't know if I could do that with an individual bubble. If I find a spot okay. where like a stream of bubbles is coming out, I could sure. put my mouth over that and breathe normally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but sucking <laughs> the air out of a single specific bubble, probably not on the cards. <laughs> we'll try it, Nick. We're gonna try it. I don't know what that means, and I don't know why I said Nick. We're gonna try it, but put it on the okay, put it on well, the trello we'll, card. How about you try that? You try okay, that while you're bobbing for apples at Halloween this this year. I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, there's. Uh, you mentioned the Sonic thing. That's definitely that's that's definitely a young phobia of mine. But um, yeah, it feels like there. I don't know what it is. There's something about like being a child and like you're usually not in danger as a child so experiencing art where you're unexpectedly put in danger i think works really well a lot of classic disney movies have have their own scary scary moments whether it's you know you're like your 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 pinocchio or your peter pan uh the studio ghibli movies all have that star wars and indiana jones have their own scary movies and yeah, those yeah, were well, they've always got the um, very sort of grotesque moment yeah very yeah. grotesque give the kids nightmares moment yeah, exactly. I think there's something powerful with uh, sort of a uh, being lulled into a false sense of security. I want to say uh, in the past, or, like kids and like family media was more uh, unashamed about putting in scary bits. I mean, shit yeah. like you know films like Neverending Story, and, yeah, uh, Labyrinth, and Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, I mean, kids like horror. They yeah, like, they do. Horror appeals to kids. It's fascinating to a certain kind of kid. So it used to be the case that they'd put scary bits in kids' media because, you know, kids want to experience the horror lifestyle as much as adults do. Yeah. If it's stimulating for adults, it's stimulating for kids to be, like, have a little synthesized scare. And it makes sense that, I mean, probably the most popular horror thing of the moment is Five Nights at Freddy's, which is a thing that's geared towards kids. I bet a lot of people are going to get angry at me because I said it's geared towards kids, but it's clearly geared towards kids. Right? I don't think it was initially geared towards kids. Okay. I, think it th- I think it certainly is now. Sure, yeah. There's a fucking like, whole cottage industry of like Goosebumps-style young adult novels set in the Five yep. Nights of Freddy's universe. Mm-hmm. I would just not go to the pizza place at night. I don't know. Mm. That seems like the easiest way. If like someone's like, hey, this place is fine, except at night, just don't go there at night. I don't know. Seems like an easy thing to solve. Just get a different job. Well, let's go into more specific examples. Do remember to yes. get your super chats in with your own specific examples, viewers, because you might notice there's a big fat goal at the top of the stream mm-hmm. uh, for a Adventure is Nice Season 4's on-location oh filming. Holy uh, smokes. Yes, and that's a big old goal, but there's plenty of time to reach it, which is not to say you yeah. shouldn't give us all your dosh right now. Why are you still holding on to dosh, you skinflints? So, well, so you got to invest some dosh. Put some dosh aside for a rainy day. But then some of the dosh can go towards us. But you need like a small dosh fund. Uh, who needs dosh for a rainy day? Uh, we're all. Gonna... I, I just had to write so many thousand dollars in a check to those tree men. <laughs> those tree men. Let me tell you, uprooting a tree not a cheap job. Well, we're all probably going to die of Chinese viruses before it becomes relevant. Anyway, there you go. So you might as well pay us to have some fun on location. Perfect. Legend. Uh, so yes, specific examples. 
mm-hmm. of things that scared the shit out of us when we were kids. I'll, I'll tell you one for me was playing uh, Treasure, Treasure Island Dizzy on the Commodore 64, which is an adorable okay. little game about little uh, cartoon egg hopping around mm-hmm. on platforms trying to solve puzzles. The thing about Treasure Island Dizzy is that, for God knows what reason, you only got one life. And uh, everything in that game wanted you dead. <laughs> Why did you only have one life? I don't know. I mean, the game that came before it, the first Dizzy game, had three lives. But Dizzy, the, second, the second game, they just thought, hey, let's experiment with the format, man. Let's uh, get loosey-goosey with this premise. And uh, because it's like a 2D game, if you so much as brush past a flaming torch that a reasonable person would think was in the background, yeah, uh, then you just instantly drop dead. And there's this like really accusatory musical sting when it happens. Like you died, like, you died, fault, you died. You, you, don't I mean, you dare remember, blame me. I remember turning off the in-game music, but it still plays the accusatory sting when you die. <laughs> and as well as like being scary because it's a sudden being yelled at by the computer for making an honest mistake, you mm-hmm. also destroy all of your progress because there's no saving in the Beautiful. old Commodore 64 games. That wasn't like modeled after an arcade game, was it? Because that seems like some no. real arcade BS right there. No, it was, uh, well, it was back in the days when video games were still uh, holding over a lot of old uh, yeah. traditions from the arcades. Yeah, 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 that's Even true. Though they weren't necessarily uh, necessary for home gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, right, your turn. As, let's yeah, let's, anyone, let's share anyone things in, at the group therapy session. <laughs> therapy, exactly. Um, it, it, very fitting you chose something on uh, Commodore, uh, which is what you played is when you were young. I was, as I've said many times, a Nintendo kid. I feel like Nintendo is a company. Almost every single one of their games, they sprinkle in something where you're like, "Why? Why would you? Why? Why would you do this to us?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the uh, talking about the Mario 64, the the eel level in uh, dry dry docks when you mm-hmm. go under there, and that that eel, and and it's not a scary thing. It is very rudimentary, but it is a combination of that thing coming out of the darkness of the ship, along with the kind of ticking time bomb of your lung capacity in the level. Um, and then later on in the game, uh, you know, Mario may have been one of the games that helped popularize the sort of scary themed level. So so horror themed or, or haunted mansion theme became a theme just like grass zone and the lava level and the ice level and the desert level. Um, mm. But there's a haunted mansion you go to in one of the levels of Mario 64 and you enter a room and the camera is almost like fixed in the corner. It almost feels like a proto resident evil. And the only thing in the room is a, is a big, is like a grand piano. And, uh, it's the first piano you see in the game and you approach it, you approach it, you approach it. And when you get close enough, it comes to life and starts shaking and trying to bite you. But the, like the, the, the anger and the noise that comes with it coming to life, mm. terrifying. Like, why are you putting this in Mario? Why, why is this in Mario? Why am I being scared in Mario? Because um, I remember, that, I just remember the, like, the scary ghost levels in stuff like Mario 3 and Mario World were always just kind yeah. of low-key and quaint. But then the really scary bits were like the, the chasey son in Mario 3. Yes, who's in, our, who's in our art. There's something about an enemy that like can't be stopped that is just constantly moving after you. Yeah. That, um, it's like a basic you know, existential threat. 
It's, yeah. uh, it's got an angry face, it can't die, and it's literally the sun. That's like yeah. Lovecraftian horror to a child's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> what are we supposed to do in response to this threat? We, exactly. I mean, Jesus Christ. I feel like there is uh, there is like DNA in that sun that bleeds on into you know Nemesis and Resident Evil and, and even like something like Pyramid Head and even like whatever yeah. the hell the thing is Amnesia it's just like these just, these things just, that haunt you. Just basic nightmare logic, isn't it? There's this thing that mm-hmm. you can't stop, and for reasons unclear, it's very very mad at you. Yeah. And it, it like makes sense in a game like Mario. You don't have like a ton of power to defeat the sun, but even in games like uh, like Metroid or Zelda, Nintendo has a way of uh, in putting in spooky things that make like your abilities seem meaningless compared to what this thing is. Um, in Ocarina of Time, one of the dungeons, as an adult, you go under the well in Kakariko Village, and it's just like a torture chamber. There's just blood and shackles all over the wall. The enemies are like redeads, which are those spooky zombies that you can't kill, and and these like large fleshy masses coming at you. I'm playing it. I'm like, what happened to the game that was about the the, the swimming people and the the funny lizards who ate rocks? Like, what what happened to this game? Um, I think it'd be interesting to think about what it, what is traumatizing the children of today that they'll be talking about in twenty years' time, because you can never predict yeah. what people will be terrified by. Sure, there was. Uh, a game on the Commodore Amiga called Soccer Kid, which is uh, a, a sort of classic Euro platformer, which is basically about exploring levels and collecting stuff. Mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And uh, I remember there's a particular sound from that game that I associate with mortal terror. And it's the sound of uh, getting a checkpoint. Because I remember... The boss fights in those games were terrifying to me. Because mm-hmm. you were this like uh, innocent little schoolboy kicking a football around who just wanted to prove his worth and metal as a footballer. And uh, the boss fights were all against these like huge adults who, for unexplained reasons, just really have a knock on for you, who really don't have any time for you at all. And they've all got really mm-hmm. mad faces. But they're all like people you'd see in everyday life. Like there's a. As a opera singer and a footballer and uh, just uh, you know a sumo wrestler, just just yeah. just an ordinary person who has no particular reason to be opposing you, but for some uh-huh. reason they just want to crush you. They just want you dead. <laughs> and um, for some reason there was something about that concert that I found very disturbing. And uh, yeah, and just before there was always a checkpoint just before the boss fights that was invisible. So you'd walk past a certain point on the level and you'd just hear the checkpoint noise and then you'd know we're about to go into the boss fight. And it was and hearing that noise, my little childhood self would go, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. If I, I have to advance to advance in the game, I have to press the button myself to move to the right. And if I do that, one of those horrible grown-ups who wants me dead is going to appear... Yeah, and I'm going yeah. to have to deal with it before I can continue. And that that moment was uh, filled with existential dread. 
you always wonder if like did they know what they were making when they were this, making it well no because this was a very cheerful cartoony game i see a lot of people name dropping stuff like the shale bridge cradle in thief 3 that is absolutely intentionally a horror sure yeah a game yeah. that generally has a very moody and horrific atmosphere but yeah. mario sonic soccer kid treasure island dizzy these are supposed to be for kids they're supposed yeah, to be like yeah. nice and colorful and friendly yeah. As I say, you yeah, because that's you, you can't predict it. My like, uh, my wife is playing through some of her favorite old Hamtaro games on the Game Boy Advance yeah. uh, with the kids, and there's a there's a couple of sequences where my eldest just can't watch. Like, I think there's a bit in one of the Hamtaro games where there's a ghost hamster you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly friendly ghost hamster, but you know it sure. is a ghost. Yeah but, but, yeah, but my kid just like has to have a cushion ready. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It's funny you you brought up the Thief Three thing because that is. I mean, we could probably talk about it later. Like there are like non horror games that have scary moments that are like still like Ravenholm is like yeah. a scarier moment than the rest of Half Life Two. Even though Half Life is still a game about like monsters and you know killing yeah. things, yeah. but um, but, yeah, know, there is all, something. Yeah, it's intentional. It's all it's yeah. all adult themes. If it's not yeah yeah a straight horror. Yeah 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 um. Yeah, it's funny to when you said what are kids nowadays afraid of um, in non-horror games. I feel like you see discussion of stuff like Minecraft and the Creeper, and sort of, and even um, a new cottage industry of c- creating like creepy pasta around and urban legends around games those that are, aren't inherently yeah, scary. Those are so laughable if you if you actually read Wait, them. Yeah, but like people really gravitate towards uh, yeah, they, in the original they, Pokemon Red and Blue, that Lavender Town, which is a town that like is where the the tower, which is sort of like the place that dead Pokemon go to rest, but I that the music think, in that town would go pe- would drive kids insane. I used to think Pokemon was a nice game, but then <laughs> I went to a car boot sale and I found a copy of Pokemon in a strange hand drawn box that I'd never seen before. Yep. I got home and I put it in my Game Boy. Instead of the normal Pikachu on the title screen, there was a Pikachu with angry eyes. Oh no, get it out of here. And red tears were coming down from its eyes. And as when I started the game, instead of entering my name, it automatically entered the name Meat. No, not Meat! And then the game (laughs) said, Welcome to the game, Meat. We shall enjoy you. Yum yum yum. That's that's what we're talking about, isn't it? That's that's you every, should make your own creepypasta. That's that every really video good. game creepypasta. That's and easy to make works. because they're all the same. And it works. No, no, no. What about the time someone bought a used copy of Majora's Mask at a? Gr- oh wait, no, that's the same thing. Never mind. That's the same story. Oh, no. Yeah, there was like Ben is drowned. Which uh, it's funny no, that they made a creepypasta I, off of Majora's Mask, which is already kind of a fucked up game. Like you don't need to make that game scarier. That game's already kind of kind of fucked up i found a copy of cooking mama in the house of my friend who mysteriously disappeared oh my god and instead of the when i fucked up instead of it saying don't worry mama will fix this it made a hideous screeching sound just like in five nights at freddy's don't worry mama will fix this and mama never did fix it did no. they? mama's dead mama will uh, fix you oh no <laughs> mama uh, a uh, a game I replayed recently that has a moment that stands out to me, and I, I, it's like done purposely. 
um, but it juxtaposes with the rest of the game is when you fail a level in Katamari Damacy. Uh, oh, the yeah, yeah, and the and fucking like, the, the king the of king's punishment cosmos, uh, punishes you with eye lasers. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, that's, it, that is pretty it's wild. Uh, yeah, well, it motivates you not to fuck up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that's that's all the motivation I needed for the rest of the game. I was like, all right, note to self: never, uh, never screw up again, or else that man's gonna come back, and I don't want to have to face him. There's probably some uh, child somewhere traumatized by cooking mama with her flaming eyes saying, don't worry, we'll fix this. There had to have been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple uh, uh, RPGs I played growing up that have moments like that. And again, like Earthbound is an example. That is a game that has a lot of different tones and themes throughout the game. Mm. And, you know, it weaves into you get to the third town, Threed, which is overrun by zombies, which isn't really that scary. But then later on in the game, you get to when you get to Gygus at the end. Like yes. that is a As we all existential know, dread of a boss. Earthbound does have this kind of trippy atmosphere that gets yeah. very creepy at times. Like um, uh, when you go to the, the shopping mall after it's been possessed. Yeah, yeah. And the lights and go off and the they steal your off. They steal spooky, Paula. Yeah, there's spooky music. Yeah. I think that's one of the that feels like that's one of the reasons the game has had such an enduring legacy is because um It's got there's an there's edge prob- to it, isn't there? There's Yeah, yeah. There's something for your memories to hang off. And then there's the whole, you know, subgenre of indie RPGs that have kind of really leaned into that edge specifically yeah and that's how you edge. get your undertale and your amori yeah. and your lisa the painful and stuff yeah. like that all of those have that slightly creepy edge to them yeah some yeah more, some then, more overtly than others sure yeah and you, you wonder maybe does this like does it dull the edge by really leaning into it or is like the reason it was so potent in earthbound was because it was used you know sparingly like are these games kind of overspicing their spookies well that's what i uh, find laughable about the creepy parts is that they always really overdo it like that mm-hmm. it's the, it's the subtlety that uh, the freaks thing. people yeah. out have you yeah. ever seen um, a youtube series called petscop I have, yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. The, the fake Let's Play, or the Let's it's, Play of a yeah. fake game. It's a sort of like creepypasta thing of a, a fake Let's Play of a fake game, which is really well convincingly put together. Yeah, as a, as and it has thing. like an and amateur just, feel to it that yeah. makes it feel real. But there's nothing overtly like gory, Sony, like Sonic.exe, red bleeding eyes about it. It's just yeah. really understatedly creepy in ways that it's hard to put your finger on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm putting, I'm putting a link to a chat if you haven't watched it. Petscop. It's like a series of, of videos from a couple of years ago. Um, worth worth binging over a weekend. But it definitely evokes that feeling of weird, out-of-place, creepy moments in old kids' games. I mean, speaking of out-of-place, like, I... Maybe I'm weird, and I'm going to see if anyone in chat agrees with me. Out-of-bounds stuff in games kind of makes me uneasy. No, I, think fe- I, this, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's like the, It has a heavy, I-shouldn't-be-here vibe to it. Like, you shouldn't be. There was actually, there's a bit in Duke Nukem 3D where if you go, uh, if you use no clip to get to a part of the level you shouldn't be, it literally says on the wall, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, like, it's probably just put in there as a fun Easter egg, but the way it's phrased has a sort of menacing mm-hmm. quality to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and even it- games like uh, Grand Theft Auto, God, three or four might have been four if you make your way inside their version of the statue of liberty it has this pulsating beating blood red heart 
Yeah, but that's there inside it's intended of... to find. I mean, if you yeah, yeah, swear, yeah, like you'll just like no clip through a random wall in say the original Half Life, and you're in a corridor, but then you get to the end of the corridor and it's just a blank untextured wall at the mm-hmm. end. Yes, yeah. that gives you a sort of liminal space, uh, sort of Stanley Parable kind of uh, uneasiness about the unreality of the world, because you might be immersed in the reality of the world. I mean, a kid often would be like a kid would would look at a place where they're not allowed to go to in a video game and think, "Oh, I bet there's more game that way." If we just yeah. uh, get past this invisible wall, well, there's all kinds of new game to find. And you go there, and it's just, uh, you know, the the back lot for the studio set. Yeah, yeah. And there's uh, a sp- <laughs> there's a specific glitch. Um, I remember coming out when I'm going to put a link to it in the chat. When I think this is it. When Assassin's Creed Black Flag came out. And it's like the game broke and created this like void in the water and started pulling up the ships and the crew like out of this giant hole in the water. And it was just there's something that just makes me really uneasy about it. And it's just the numbers in the game are borked and something has gone wrong. But there's something about it that just really freaks me out. Um, Yeah, there's a bit like um, do you play the beginner's guide? uh, Yes. 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 There's a bit where. You know, ostensibly a programming glitch uh, where the player starts slowly raising up uh, from the floor and like yeah. clips through the ceiling and just keeps ascending because there's like a bugged uh, Z coordinate speed function yeah. or something. But it's just slightly unnerving. Like the commentary even says it's slightly unnerving. And then it comes back at the very end. It is a sort of like yeah. artistic moment. And it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Like the game is fucking up in little ways. Can, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, feel weird. And if you do, if you're able to like harness that, and I guess maybe that's like part of subverting expectations. And there's the unintentional one of like a bug like that. But if you're able to harness that, and like there are certain games like Super Metroid, or I think God, it might be Metroid Fusion, which you know has those games have sort of a scary atmosphere to them. Usually alone on an alien planet, there's no one to help you. Uh, you take elevators to get from area to area, and you've been doing it since the original Metroid. And at one point, you're taking an elevator, and there's always the same elevator screen. And at one point in Fusion, the elevator stops, and the power goes out. And you're mid-transition between two areas. And you have to, like, crawl out of the elevator and get into another room. And the reason that was so powerful is because I'd taken an elevator in those games a million times before. And this is the first time something changes it's like the first time you get to a mimic in a souls game like again the souls games kind of spooky to begin with most of them but uh the first time you get to a mimic you're like you have made me rethink everything i've thought up beforehand like you have made me rethink like nothing is is sacred like including kicking these chests and hopefully not being eaten by uh by a monster inside of them well that's another thing creepypastas use a lot it's something that's always done things one way suddenly unexpectedly uh doing it differently yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like the basis of a lot of Twilight Zone uh, yeah. episodes as well. You were expecting that was like the essence of basically everything, like comedy, horror. Something yeah. was doing one thing, but now, oh, it's doing another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a defiance of expectations. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and part of it is... is if you don't know the rules of a situation, if, if you know, you, you thought you were prepared for something and suddenly you're tossed into something else entirely and almost all AAA games do that at some point, even the ones that are like tangentially 
you know, spooky. Um, you have your horror sections in, in pretty much every Metal Gear game and in the Arkham games, uh, Rockstar and almost like, you know, in, in Red Dead 2 and GTA 5 will have their sort of horror themed uh, side quests. Uh, I love but, the Scarecrow bits in Arkham Asylum. It was a crime what they did with Scarecrow in the third game. Yeah. When they replaced it, what did you think of the man bat stuff in the third game? Which was like a one, yeah. it was like a momentary, yeah, it, was, it felt yeah, cheaper. It was, it was like empty stuff. calories. It worked, yeah, but it, it was, was empty dumb. calories. Yeah. No, I loved uh, how they did Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum because the way they did it was that uh, you would never know he was around until after you'd already sucked up a big lung full of fear gas. Yeah, and yeah. And like, there'd be a little hint where Batman would start coughing. The, mm-hmm. the, you wouldn't really notice the first time through and after that yeah. everything starts getting fucked up and surreal like geography that you yeah. know starts to change a little bit and you're like why is this hallway going on longer than yeah. it normally does and you go into one room you try to leave and you just go straight back into the room mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, there's a slightly lame stealth puzzle where you have to like jump around to platforms avoiding giant scarecrow's gaze but the, the way oh, they're yeah. introduced is like Mwah, chef's kiss yeah yeah, and I loved that. I loved the way they characterized Scarecrow as someone who uh, knew damn well he couldn't uh, he couldn't uh, match up to you in a straight fight. Absolutely, so he yeah. That he- so he wouldn't even try to get close to you until he made sure you'd sucked up some gas first. And then mm-hmm. in Arkham Knight, he's just you know coming straight on a TV screen saying hi. I'm gonna fuck you up, Batman. Ooh, yeah. I will get my revenge. I will for something that you yeah. didn't even do in the first game. Yeah. And you'd think my Is beef would be fault? with Killer Croc, but you know. Yeah. And he, just, you can't scare Killer Croc. Like you got to take it out on someone. It just being generic mastermind supervillain in that game, and it was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I would say that the fact that there's so many unintentionally scary bits in classic games really illustrates a point I've often made, that video games are the medium best suited to horror. you said that before, yeah. I mean, fair enough, there's bits in, like, a never-ending story in Who Framed Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit that will traumatise the kids a bit, but I think video games, for numbers alone, have the most examples of kids traumatised by things that they weren't intended to traumatise them. Yeah, and there's, there's like uh, there's real power in making you be the one that has to hit the button to go into a room or, hmm. you know, to to activate what the thing is going to be. Because if you're watching a movie or a TV show or a cartoon, like it's going to happen. It's just happening on screen. Like you have no yeah. control over it. I mean, people often cite Subnautica as a great horror game. I'm not yeah. entirely convinced they went into that game intending it to be a horror game. No, I mean, because especially the first. Yeah, though, like the shallows aren't scary at all. It's no, like, it's, ooh, it's, ah! It's just the beauty of the undersea landscape. But you know, yeah. sooner or later, you're gonna have to deal with giant fish in dark, uh, deep, deep dark undersea layers, and that's yeah, that's, visibility that's, goes down, and that's sort of inescapably terrifying. Yeah, and uh, uh, Outer Wilds, another game that's often mentioned in the same breath as Subnautica, taps into the same thing where a lot yeah. of Especially the core Outer Wilds is like, ooh, and ah, and then you get to like the Dark Bramble, which is a place that mm. is the closest to um, sort of deep sea exploration. You're like, oh, this is terrifying. I don't want to be here at all. Playing with a lot of existential horror themes in that game as well. Like, yeah, uh, to, yeah. To uh, like discover the true nature of your universe. Yeah. And it's also tough because there's, like, I know, I think a long time ago, you injected an episode on uh, like kind of subversive games or like the gotcha games. Not gotcha, mm. like gotcha pun, but like 
games that are presented as one thing but are actually something right. else. And, gotcha, not gotcha. Uh, got yeah, exactly. Gotcha, not gotcha. Um, <laughs> and they're like harder to talk accent. about without. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work in a nasally Midwest accent. Um, but you have your stuff like Doki Doki Literature Club, and then even mm. like what they did last year with with um, Immortality. Without without spoiling it, but the first time you kind of realize what's going on behind the curtain uh, is a really really powerful moment. But I think there's also good examples of moments that occur uh, or that sort of fear and tension where there is no payoff, and it's all the tension and fear that you sort of build up inside of you. And I think of it a lot in walking simulators, which seems to be a genre that almost everyone has something that's scary, even though most of them don't actually have anything that jumps out at you. Um, it's, it's just exploring the gone home always had yeah. this idea of like, I'm going to find something in this house. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find something. And you never I do. Think it's, it really is just the interactive nature that makes it naturally suited for horror because mm-hmm. there's automatic investment in our safety because, you know, it's, yeah. it's us. We, If we die, we have to start all over again. And yeah. nothing can happen unless we like deliberately move our way into it. I mean, yeah. if, if you're watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Gremlins, you can hide behind the couch put the cushion in front of your eyes for the scary yeah. bits but not in video games you have to be a participant in getting yourself into the scary bits yeah because otherwise I feel like there's those, no turning back those games like you know you're gone homes or firewatch or even edith finch uh the kind of like horror or terror whatever emotion you want to call it reminds me of the same thing you'll have when like if you're home alone and you're like i gotta turn off the lights off and you'll like turn one light off and then sort of scamper up the stairs a little quicker than usual um <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense like there's clearly if there's a home invader it's gonna kill you anyways so yeah, it doesn't matter of, what i sort of um, trained myself not to do that over time because to, I, as, I, as i sort of evolved a more stoic mindset you just convince yourself, like, I've done this a million times and yeah. a ghost hasn't got me, so chances are a ghost isn't going to get me this time. Yeah, I just engage the logic part of my brain and go, uh, you know, if there is a spooky murderer in the house, they can't mm-hmm. see you any better than you can see them at this point. Maybe you could turn the tables and spooky murder them. What if you heard the night vision noise from uh, Splinter Cell go on, though? That'd be scary. Ah, but then I saw that. Then the, his position was given away by the three bright glowing green <laughs> LEDs on the front. <laughs> That is true. All that I agree. You should uh, just uh, let your let your um, brain win in that one. Except don't let your leg uh, hang over your bed at night, or else something will grab it. So that's just a pro tip. Especially sure if you have a like, curious dog. Oh my god! That would be taste of sweat. I feel like if I had a pet, I would just be scared all the time because I'm so quickly startled by anything, and I feel like a pet would just always startle me. I'd need to put a bell on it or something. There was an incident. Like Toffee's not a biter. He doesn't bite uh, the people much. Even like he doesn't even play bite much. But we were hanging out on the couch with the kids, and he just looked up over the couch cushion and he saw like one of my youngest's feet, and she was wearing a sock, mm-hmm. and he just sort of instinctively went ah, because I think he thought it was a squeaky toy or something. Oh, oh God, that'd be terrifying. I mean, it didn't like hurt her or anything, but he but sure, was sure. Like, Toffee don't bite your little sister you are better than that toffee your people people don't bite so yeah like that could certainly happen if my little one had left a foot sticking out of her bed and toffee happened Mm -hmm. to sneak by and go that could certainly like uh terrify you in the pitch black middle of the night yeah yeah see and that's like a that's a that's a that's a real fear 
the scarier thing is if you feel that bite and you don't have a dog. And then in that case, you just got to move. You just mm. got to leave. Oh, no, you do the thing no where you just sort of dark water the scare where uh, you think, you you think, oh, it's just the dog biting you. And then you realize the dog is next to you on the bed. Oh, no, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> too spooky. Uh-huh. That's too spooky for me. But yeah, think, spooky, spooky moments in games. I think one of my favorite like uh, scares in like horror films and and the like is where the person thinks they're safe and that something mm-hmm. scary is about to happen. But then the scary thing happens; it is actually a mundane thing, and they were actually in danger the whole time. Oh. I like it. I like, like it. As, like I said, that's the, that's that bit in Dark Water because uh, there's this mother has like tried to get her is like holding her little child, uh, mm-hmm. and has just gotten them out of the go to the haunted house and is hugging them and then a spook like a spooky door opens right in front of where they're sitting, and something's yeah. about to come out and she's just holding her child more tightly and her child walks out. Oh no! I don't like it. That, those those are the great bits. That's like oh shit, we were fucked from the start. Yeah. What do I have in my hands? This is why you don't have kids. I don't know if that's the moral of the story, but that's that's what I'm taking from it. <clears throat> Any more specific scary bits we wanted to raise or points we wanted to raise? Uh, I'm thinking of more like conceptually scary things. Uh, and again, even some of these are in games that uh, uh, are a little spooky to begin with. But some of the Souls games have a tendency. There's specific enemies that'll grab you and you think you're dead, but you're not dead. Something else happens. And so like, there's an enemy that'll, that'll, that's body is like a sarcophagus. I think it's an Elden Ring. There's an enemy that's body is like a Iron Maiden or like a sarcophagus kind of thing. And if you get killed by it, by a certain attack, it grabs you and it eats you. And you're like, Oh, I died, but you didn't die. You got captured by it. And then you wake up in, I think volcano Manor, And you're like fucking halfway across the map. And it's like, what just happened again maybe that is the idea of uh, subverting expectations because you're like every time i die my health bar goes down and then i wake up at the closest shrine that was a um, really clever trap in elden ring when it would uh, uh grab you and you'd just wake up in some somewhere else you'd never explored before yeah, that's handled I mean, for a that's game, handled really well i mean there's a lot of games about exploring where you just sort of gradually like expand the sphere of the known territory and mm-hmm. I suppose I've never seen that in any other game like that before. Just like, just to dump you right outside your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And they, they did it before with, at least in Bloodborne, uh, Tyrell mentioned it with the, there's a sack man. Yes. There's like a man who's got like a big old burlap sack and he'll toss you in there and then you'll wake up like in kind of like a prison somewhere mm-hmm. else, um, like in a new area. And yeah, that seems like, God, I, f- I want to say certain games have tried like maybe was it Far Cry Five that tried it with like you could randomly get jumped by one of the members of the family. Yeah, and like, like, even you if you were like you'd be piloting a plane and get hit yeah. by a tranquilizer dart or something. Yeah, and yeah, and then you'd wake up kind of instanced in their side quest or whatever. Yeah, I think a lot of people like found that a bit lame. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah, it was an idea that on paper, I think, was um, that was really neat is is those uh, more emergent kind of gameplay moments as opposed to a prescribed mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I have a couple, a couple more games to bring up, but I saw some of the some of the folks in chat um, already mentioned a few of them. So I'll be able to jump off from there. Uh, right. Yeah, remember, check it those. Get those supper chats in. All going to Adventures Night Season 4. It's going to be the biggest season ever. Too I don't know right. if that's true. It'll probably be. It'll probably be pretty big. Yes. Makes sense. Give us money so we can rent another YouTuber party house. Is that what we were calling the last place? A YouTuber party house? Yeah, I guess that's the term for it now. <laughs> anyway, Gary Davis, member for eight months in Early Access, says, I've put off Subnautica due to its scary elements. Well, I mean, what might help is just, you know, I found that the best way to play through that game was to have a wiki available in the other window because some stuff in that game is really obscure and hard to find. Yeah. Like, uh, you need to get cave sulfur to build the repair tool and uh, the game doesn't really tell you where to find that. Yeah. You, know, you just have to know it's under the explodey bastards. I've I've noticed that in games where I'm a little scared of what happens, I... Uh, willingly allow it to see what the results are there's like specific uh, outer wilds is the thing where it's like if you enter this one area you will try so hard not to engage with the spooky things but when i find a spooky thing i'm like i'm just gonna run straight at it so i can see what the animation looks like i could see what the results are gonna be i could see what this and once you know what the results of the scary thing is gonna be becomes a little less scary still well, tense but a little less scary that's the struggles horror games often have is like maintaining the tension after you've already been killed by something yeah and that's why horror can um horror games can very easily dip into frustration if you're that's, that's pa- what like, i that's why i hated uh alien outlast, isolation outlast 2 mm, gotcha because i started that game walked down a corridor and got hideously mutilated by a scary lady with a scythe yeah, but uh, it was like you know, there was no way I could have predicted it. You Not have uneasy. to do some like uh, crafty stealthing early on, and there's no way to predict that you'd need to do that. So then it was just like frustratingly trying to get past that one bit for a few minutes, and then all sort of mystique had been lost. I'd already mm-hmm. seen a scythe like go into my undercarriage. Yeah, yeah, and then at this point you're like, well, I'm not really afraid of anything. I know, I know what happens. Mm. Uh, Jules Rowe, member for six months in early access, says thanks for the entertainment, Martiazzi. Oh my god! My god, Ooh. I've never noticed before. The last letter of your name is the same oh. as the first letter of my name. Incredible, Jules Rowe. Look what you've done. Good god! You've unlocked our third eye. And then Urban M gives four hundred twenty-three PLNs. I don't know how much that is, but it's a deep red super chat, so it must be a lot. Oh my god, the Polish Zwoty. It rides uh, again. Thanks for all the Polish Zlotis, Urbanem. Who says, first Tomb Raider. I played it on PC where there was no music, only sound effects, so almost every animal that showed up was a horrifying jump scare. Also just been in for Adventures Nice Season 4, since season three for now is great fun. Yeah, you take away the music, like you could you can you could very, very quickly change the atmosphere of a game by um, yeah. removing certain things. Yeah, like, it's like yeah, taking can, the taking the laugh track off of Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. 
Yeah, I remember, no remember that... Tomb Raider had CD music, so if you were playing like the downloadable demo or whatever so, and didn't have the CD, then there just wasn't any music and like a, a bear would just be there in the room and there'd be no musical sting to announce it. Yeah, yeah, nothing would uh, nothing would swell up. Mm. <clears throat> I was about to say. Well, it can't have been that important then. I bet. What, what if it was? What if it was the thought, like your your coup de gras, your greatest thought of all time? Uh, probably wouldn't have been. I'd have been more excited if it was. <laughs> oh yes, I was about. To, I was going to say that uh, there have been a couple of games where I found I've had to turn the music off, but not usually because I was too scared. I remember distinctly turning the music off during a couple of the boss fights in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. So I was like, I really just need to focus on this, and I'm sick of all this yeah. rock smashing me around the head with their guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's understandable. <clears throat> Took me ages to figure out how to parry in that game. That was part of the problem. I had to basically learn how to parry during the course of the, the Jetstream Sam boss fight, and that was the one I turned oh, the music off. Oh, that's deep into the game. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I managed to get by up to then just by, you know, spamming health items and stuff. Yeah, bang your head against the wall. Anyway, Ronald Quinlan gives 1999 and says, Don't have time to tune in due to being at work, but I have time to say how I remember my pea-sized child brain making me piss myself because of the zombie okay. things at the end of Uncharted. Then they tried again in 2 and 3. Well, it's nice to know Uncharted is continuing the Indiana Jones tradition of having the bit that sure. traumatizes the kids towards the end. Yeah, whether it's the Ark of the Covenant uh, melting people's faces off or or pits of snakes and bugs or... Yeah, I mean, obviously I Having your heart ripped out. Yeah. Like, I played Uncharted when I was a full-grown man, so I have no perspective on that. Yeah. So that's part, partly an answer to my question, I suppose. What's traumatizing the kids these days? Yeah, maybe it's just regular games we've been playing that we just don't realize it, because, you know, when you're in your, your 20s, 30s, 40s, you're not going to be as afraid of the things as you are yes, as a young it, kid. It certainly seems like all the family stuff tries to have a slightly sort of edgy thing for the grown-ups. I mean, even something like yeah. Bluey has a lot of humor that only the grown-ups watching will get. Yeah, that feels like that kind of two-level thing that that Pixar really, um, um, really nailed with a lot of their movies, where it's almost two separate tracks that kids will like and adults mm. will also like. Crash Dikov, member for twenty-six months in early access, says, "Here's to cooking, Mama, Silence of the Lambs." Oh yeah. my God! It's just like today we're going to be preparing somebody's brain. And it's just I'm a, kind of surprised they haven't made a cannibal cooking mama yet. Just a dude with the top of his head sawn off, sitting in the yeah. corner. Remember, keep cutting until he stops making coherent conversation. <laughs> Feed him his own brain like Ray Liotta and Hannibal. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Zoe, a surname, gives $5 and says, Entirely intentional, but fighting the Keizu in Monster Hunter. Crazy how unnerving a game can be when they cut the music where it normally would be. It's the power of cutting music. Also, I bet, can you get the... Reisvig. Reisvig. You think that's the last name? Reisvig? Uh, are you just guessing there? Yeah, I was just guessing. I think you probably look it up. Hang what on. do you think it is? How would you pronounce it? Reisvig? I, I wouldn't think to try. Oh, but you, Zoe appreciates the effort. Hang on. A for effort, D I'm for execution. Up, I'm looking up Reisvelg pronunciation. Reisvig. Found a useful, I appreciate your support. I think I know. So usually said as... The big dunk in the backboard shattered. He had how to say more pronunciation. Stop Reis. talking to me, I just wanted to hear the word. 
fucking YouTube videos. I feel like he has to like it's like fucking what reading recipes online these days. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Velger. Okay, there we go. Ries Velger. Ries oh, Velger. I was way off. Ries Velger. That was a that was a goof. That was a Thank, goof on my part. Thanks for the money, Zoe Riesvelg. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, a game I realized we didn't talk about, even though I suggested it for the art. Um, Sephiroth is on there from Final Fantasy VII, not because of anything in remake. Um, his introduction in the original Final Fantasy VII, you get you get kidnapped or you get captured. Your party gets locked up at the top of Shinra Tower. Yeah, it's funny and, playing the Final Fantasy VII remake in retrospect because the whole like. Uh, Sephiroth, despite being the big villain, mm-hmm. is never actually introduced throughout most of the course of the plot that leads up to the end of the Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, right? yeah, you get like breadcrumbs, and you're sort of always chasing after him. Yeah, yeah. They have to sort of crowbar some Sephiroth in for the remake. And then they have you fight him at the end of the remake, and it's like, yeah, oh, who knows oh, why? You keep fighting him. Who the fuck who's, knows who's why? The bad guys we go on. yeah, uh, but yeah, his, his 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 intro where you get captured, and you're like, what what's going to happen now? And then all of a sudden, your cell opens up, and there's just blood everywhere, and he's just he's just murdered everyone in that place. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's not good. That's that's yeah. not good at all. Music yeah, cuts out, gets spooky. That's your introduction to the villain, like yeah. four hours into the game. Yeah, it's a good way to introduce it. Uh, Fungus Finder gives two dollars and says, "Which genre stroke series is least likely to spook you?" Sports games, except for the one, the the, the football side scroller that you talked about. That sounds too spooky. I don't know, Barbie pony trekking simulators. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Have there been like, is there like a genre that's been underserved? I mean, sports games, but that doesn't really count. Like racing I, games. Can you make I racing never, games? Scary? I don't really get spooked in co-op multiplayer stuff because the presence mm. of other humans, like prevents me from getting immersed interesting that's why it's yeah, annoying they kept trying to asthmophobia. yeah that's why they kept trying to add co-op gameplay to get series like dead space and fear and why that never really worked for me yeah resident evil like yeah i feel like you just become different things at that point yeah yeah <clears throat> squirtles yeah, I like uh puzzle i like i like a puzzle game if it can lean into the spookies a little bit it's hard like to do but you like um, a spooky puzzle I like a spooky puzzle. Yeah, just do a puzzle, but do it spooky. Like, what if there was a jigsaw puzzle that ended up being spooky at the end? I don't know how that works, but someone should make that. I feel like you'd know what the image is from looking at the box. I uh, I bought uh, during COVID. I bought these jigsaw puzzles that uh, had a had a twist to them. You were supposed to put the puzzle together, and then there was a brown sealed envelope, and you don't open the envelope until the puzzle is put together. And when you open the envelope, you realize you're not done with the puzzle yet. And let me tell you, it is a mind fuck. It is great. Puzzles with a twist. There's going to be something like, uh, uh, it's just a nice picture of a kitten. And then you open the brown envelope and uh, there's just a piece of paper saying, the kitten just ate a bug. No, it's uh, (laughs) pretty funny. The one was like, uh, it was like a a picture. It was like all these uh, tropical, it was like all these islands, drawn islands and like little scenes on them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're noticing like there's like weird little things happening in certain things and everything seems like stuff is breaking. You don't really know why. But the whole, you put the puzzle together and it's kind of weird because the way some of the shapes are shaped, you can slide all three pieces of the puzzle apart into like three 
sections. Like there's three segments of the puzzle, but they fit together. And then you open the brown thing and then you realize that there's a fourth section that if you rearrange the three sections you've already made and build the fourth section, it reveals what the image actually is. And there's a giant kraken in the middle of the puzzle that its tentacles are the things that are destroying and disrupting the rest of the islands. And so there's a little twist at the end. I just ruined the twist of that jigsaw puzzle. But you know what? I don't even know what it's called. So it's fine. I was picturing something like the uh, pictures um, on the Disneyland Haunted Mansion ride. Uh, oh, where there's like a little thing behind you. Where you're on a secret elevator and the pictures yeah. slowly get longer and something's fucked up going on at the bottom of the pictures. I like it. I like it. Disney's good at that. Disney's good at, at making making you feel uneasy. I'm going to Disneyland soon. There you go. You're going to feel the, uneasy. The in-laws want to take the grandkids. Oh, that'll be nice. And... Uh, I guess they're like begrudgingly letting us tack along. You can get some Dole Whip. Have you ever read Dole Whip? What? Dole Whip. It's like a uh, like a, a banana, uh, like a frozen banana custard. It's great. Highly recommend Dole. No, not not banana. Pineapple. That's I'll good. Bear that in mind. Uh, Squirtle yeah. Squad 420 gives five dollars and says some of the most effective jump scares that happen to be regularly are multiplayer shooters when another player really gets the jump on you. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. like a startle. That's being startled, yeah. right? Like it's a, I can remember back in the old Team Fortress Classic days when you used to do use text chat, and we'd be text, we'd be trying to type something out, like uh, "No, actually, I disagree with you on George W. Bush is foreign policy," and uh, then some inconsiderate asshole would snipe you while you were trying to type. You're like you son of a bitch. So the end of your message just ends with like www.sssssdddddddaaaaa because you're trying to like get away but you've forgotten you're still typing. <laughs> That's great. Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says running away from the invisible man from Amnesia the Dark Descent was the screaming voice mm-hmm. of a generation. Wasn't that the thing that made PewDiePie famous? It was, yeah. Yeah, that was, what was that, like 10 years ago or so and that felt like that was the start of the rise of the indie horror who'd have thought you could base an entire career on being a giant fucking pussy online i did it's me easy mode it's perfect the i tell you what was more scary than the invisible monsters in amnesia the ones you could fucking see (laughs) those that shit was fucked up traumatizing uh, John Connor, member for 19 months in Tipja, who says underneath that, I've had Subnautica ready to go in VR for years, maybe next week. Yeah, yeah. VR is, uh, that's, I feel like that's, that's a new, mm. a new frontier for horror that hasn't really been tapped too much yet. Well, Subnautica made me feel a bit sick earlier than most games because of all the complex movement that goes into oceanic traversal. In VR? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that, uh, I don't know, it just, it, I don't know what, what do you think is going to be, what happened with VR? That's probably just another conversation, but like, is VR going to, are they, they, they going to make fetch happen with VR? Is it just going to take a while? Is it going to take like a, like a technological leap where it's as simple as glasses? I think it's going to have to be as easy to use as possible and uh, a lot lighter than it currently is. I just be yeah. able to put on a pair of fancy shades and then be gaming away. Yeah. Not not strapping an entire microwave to your bonds. <laughs> to your what? To your bonds? What's a bonds? To your, to your bonds, B O N C E. 
Yeah, your face? British slang for a head. Perfect. Like, as in, ooh, I've been hit on me bonce. I like it. I don't know if it's rhyming slang or something. I just I just know that's the word. I love it. I think it's uh, beautiful. Fusionator, give a member for four months in early access, says man bat jump scare in Arkham Knight comes to mind. Yeah, it's an effective jump scare. It's not as, uh, again, feels a little empty calorie compared to the uh, to the Scarecrow stuff, but yeah, uh, yeah. really, it was really effective the first time. Man bat's kind of dumb as a character. Yeah. It's like, you just went, oh, what can we do to counteract Batman? Uh, and then someone at the end yeah. of a very long and arduous brainstorming session just threw it out there and uh, yeah. everyone was too hungry to suggest anything better. Yeah, yeah. Um, or just a lot of cocaine. That's why I said, yeah, we got Man Spider in Spider-Man as well. Very dumb. That's very dumb. I mean, yeah. what I've often said, one of the strengths of Batman as a mythos is that all of his villains sort of represent, like sort of reflect back something about Batman. Mm-hmm. Joker yeah. is like the classic order versus chaos thing. The two face yeah, yeah. is the duality. Scarecrow is his use of fear to frighten people. Riddler like tests his intelligence and his supposedly world class detective skills. Yeah, but Man Bat, that's just a little bit too on the nose for me. Well, what if it was a bat? Oh, here is what, what? What if I use the aspect of being a bat to yeah. for bad instead of good? Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Just, it's dumb. Uh, Chaos Chris, member for 40 months in early access, says Tunic's Quarry Zone gave me scares. Yeah, Tunic's got its fair share of creepy moments. Yeah, yeah, and part of that is the like uh, kind of feeling like you're a stranger in a strange land and not understanding the rules and the the, yeah. <laughs> the language of the place. Um, and you're a little yeah, that's tiny, it. helpless, adorable little fox boy. Yeah, yeah, and it, it again manages to kind of lull you in with those gorgeous kind of soft diorama look to it and then when you get to actual spooky stuff it's really effective if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, Stephen Chozerg is 499 and says, Pokemon Black and White entering that bloody house in Undella Town. Especially terrifying if you played Diamond, Pearl, Platinum. Okay. Is that... There's one where I remember you enter an elevator and then you exit the elevator and there's another person there with you, like in the elevator. And I think it's a ghost. And I remember being, it was it was pretty spooky. Sounds like a spook from one of the fear games. Oh my oh God. Oh no, it's a scary little girl again. Oh, she's at the top of the ladder. No, fuck, she's at the top of the ladder again. Oh no. And then Boradis gives one measly dollar. With a follow-up. Hope the oh, rest yes. of the Devil May Cry one uh, run. Devil May Cry one run went well, Marty. Say it that went ten great. times fast. I could not. It went well, except for the fact that it got um, got hit with a with a strike because uh, the intro music we used was apparently from an anime called Devil Man Cry Baby. I, I know of Devil Man Cry Baby. They were not thrilled that we used the music there. I guess if anything's appropriate for Devil May Cry, it would be yeah. Devil Man Cry Baby. Yeah, um, Nick has cleared up the strike and muted that section because it was only for the you know twenty second intro or whatever. 
one minute long intro. Um, so it should be appearing back on YouTube at some point. I haven't gotten an update. I'll, this I'll is what that. happens when you use anything but Kevin McLeod tracks. That's that's exactly Kevin uh, McLeod, the Highlander. Is that who Kevin McLeod is? That's Connor McLeod. Mm, my mistake. My mistake. Wait, is it? There was there was one in the film and one in the TV show. You might be thinking of Sean Connery. There was a there was a Connor McLeod and there was a Duncan McLeod. Uh, there is a Connor McLeod. You can get Connor McLeod's uh, sword. Uh, I'm I'm good, thanks. It was yeah, Christopher Lambert, I believe, was Connor McLeod, who also played Raiden in the first Mortal Kombat movie. He did, and seemed like he was having fun with the role because I guess you have you to really, at that point. He really did. His Raiden was a very strange accent. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was can, just you can download something for Mortal Kombat 11 that turns Raiden into Christopher Lambert's Raiden. That's great. I know. Well, they were never really entirely clear on what sort of nationality Raiden was supposed to be, were they? Under God. I mean, he's a Japanese god. Raid. He's a Japanese god, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Who looked like an angry white dude for most of the time. He did. Yeah. Also true. Henry Carvajal Zapata gives $10 and says, They say humor and horror function similarly. For example, 10k years ago, we are huddled around a campfire, we see a huge shadow and are spooked, then we find out it is a little bunny, and we start laughing. Yeah, I've heard that's the theorized origin of humor in human beings, like seeing something that you think might be a scary thing, but actually isn't. Oh, like surviving death, laughing to fight another day. And that sense of relief that it isn't something scary. Uh, was something that we began to seek out. You think it was the first joke? The first joke? Yeah. Um, oh, I know this. They found, like, the the earliest written joke. I think it was, like, an ancient Sumerian text. Incredible. And I didn't think was, you'd have an answer to this question. <laughs> and it was something like, um, a thing that has never happened, a young lady does not fart in her husband's lap. Classic goof. Incredible. I also happen to know of a of a legitimate medieval joke that was made up by medieval monks. And was it goes good? like this. What has uh one what has one eye, two arms, two legs, one belly, one back, and a thousand heads? This is, is this gonna be a, a sex thing? A one eyed garlic seller. Ah, that's good. Uh-huh. That's good. Well done. That's a Look genuine that. medieval joke. Jokes. You, we got them. You can take that one, and next time you go to a Ren Fair and you need to do a stand up set, <laughs> there you go. Impress your friends with all of our thousand year old jokes. <clears throat> Zaratha gives five R dollars and says playing the original Dooms was also a very different, scarier experience without the MIDI metal, especially when the lights go out. Yeah, if anyone's like seen my house dot wad people have certainly been making hay out of getting horror out of the original doom what is my house dot wad what yeah there's this uh there's this like creepypasta uh doom mod with an astonishing Mm. amount of effort gone into it called my house dot wad which uh, what initially was like uploaded to the Doom forums, saying, "Hey, this is here's a map a friend of mine made that was just like a representation of his house that he lived in." You know, it's it's a it's a classic, you know, first time mappers sort of thing. Just make a map of your yeah. house, but it turns out it's got all this secret horror shit going on in the background. That's neat. 
Yeah, okay. it's neat. You should watch like a. I think Power Pack has a video summarizing like a video it. Video essay about it. Yeah, video essay that will give you the the necessary gist. But it's what, is, what is it called? Doom what? Myhouse.ward. Found it. Okay. Power Pack. Oh yeah. my God! Nine million views. Yeah, that's that's how you know it's the good one to watch. Now he's got nine million and one. Baradis gives two dollars. Uh, again and says MGR lack of tutorials is its one flaw because I mentioned Metal Gear Rising Revenge oh, yeah. briefly that was Platinum's pattern for a while they made the same mistake with the wonderful 101 they never really explained how he was supposed to play it but if you if you took the time it was a pretty solid game uh, oh like their, their whole thing was we don't need to teach you these these mechanics yeah well, this is a challenging game. Yeah. That this is the first challenge. Silly. Don't be uh, silly. Just teach us things. Snake in the Garden gives two euros and says, Pokemon Red, the power plant, was spooky at seven years old. Pokemon? I feel like Pokemon might be that game for an entire generation that, that was an intro to spookiness. Which is funny because it's a Game Boy. It's like the smallest screen you can experience spookiness on. Well, I mean, it was a thing when I was a kid. I didn't play it much. A certain sector of the audience, perhaps. Maybe it was I think a lot be- of the audience. It was a little bit after my time, I think. I remember when it was... Yeah. It first started becoming really big while I was, like, uh, a little bit too old for that sort yeah. of spookiness. I got, uh, I, was, I got really into it in middle school, I think, I want to say. Red, Red and Blue yeah. came out. Um, yeah, but it was only for... Uh, I, I sort of fell off the wagon relatively quickly, I think, after the second generation. <clears throat> 100 Norwegian Krono from Fill My Ass Up to say, it's a point in the midsection of Quake 4 where you fall into the alien waste plant without reliable healing stations. Scarcity of resources you relied upon can really get me on my edge. That's surprising, Fill My Ass Up, because that's not the one thing everyone mentions when they bring up Quake 4. Is it the first person being... Dissected. Yes, the first person getting your arms and legs sawn off on a conveyor belt. Yeah. Is this is the first time I've ever heard anyone bring up Doom 4 and not immediately bring that up. Yeah, it's just about the only thing anyone remembers about Quake 4, yeah. but fill my ass up proves me wrong there. Yeah. <clears throat> Urban M gives 25 PLNs and says, Just remembered, Quake 3 and chatting with the bots was pretty unnerving. The responses were semi-random, but at the time it felt creepy. Oh, I don't like that. Don't Ooh. talk to the computer. Well, that was ahead of its time, wasn't it? AI chatbots in games. I feel like my my multiplayer gaming peaked the year Quake 3 Arena and Unreal Tournament came out. I played a lot of them. I'm just picturing... I drank a lot of Dr. Pepper and I played a lot of those games. I'm just picturing like playing uh, Quake 3 against bots fueled by those old therapy AIs they used to have. It's like, like, die alien scum. Why do you want me to die alien scum? Yeah. <laughs> Rude. Zoe, oh, I've forgotten how to pronounce it now. Reisvelg, or, or whatever it was, gives a member, uh, member for one month in bonus content. Says, I do appreciate all the pronunciation attempts. Very amusing to listen to. Thanks for the laugh. Oh, you See? condescending moo. That was a, That was appreciative. I think everyone likes it when we try. I looked it up and everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll play it again. Reisvelg. That, that was past us. Again, it's going to be do jump scares. Riesvelg. Riesvelg. See, the one I found has an R on the end. 
So it's pronounced Chris Velger. Chris Velger. That's great. But, you roll uh, your R's very well. Zoe, unless she's one of those people who misspells their own name a lot. Yeah. Doesn't have one of those. So I assume it's that'd just be weird. That'd be weird if like the, the screen name was misspelled. Uh-uh. Uh, Max KO gives $20. Ploy me. Oh my Maybe god, we'll Max even KO. get to 16% today. Impossible. I don't think and it's says, well, yeah, obviously, because of these time wasters. I just meant because uh, we're almost at the end of it. Sorry, that was very half hearted negging. Let me try harder. Ugh, you're never going to get us to 16%. I mean, look at you. I mean, your parents were right. Oh no. And I'm going, just leave, I'm going to just leave that one there. Max here oh, gives no. $20 and says, This topic made me realize that there's a terrifying bit in every Metroid game I've ever played. Crashed ship in Super Metroid, SAX Infusion, Pirate Frigate in Prime. Metroid is Nintendo's secret horror franchise. Hardly 100%. secret, Max Ko. I think Metroid Dread <laughs> in particular is very overtly horrifying. It's even, oh, the right, Emmys. it's even right there in the name. It is. It is the sense of dread. Uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about Crash Ship and... Uh, uh, in Super Metroid, yeah, it's it's haunted. You try to go to like a save room and it just doesn't work because the whole thing is turned off. And then you turn the power back on and there's a goddamn ghost you got to fight. Yeah, the SAX, which is like the spooky clone of of Samus, the frigate, yeah, in Prime, yeah, good stuff. The, the SAX, presumably named by someone who's usually writes Resident Evil games. <laughs> ah. uh, M M A underscore two three three gives hundred and seventy NT dollars and says, How could one raise their get spooked threshold? Just play more to get more experience? Bioshock made me throw away my mouse multiple times. Oh no. Don't throw away your mouse. I think over um, time you sort of um get hardened to jump scares, but you never truly get hardened to something that's really unnerving or yeah, yeah. you know, psychologically disturbing. Yeah. I mean, it still kind of grosses me out to think about all those passages from American Psycho where he does horrible things to ladies. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's funny, the, uh, I've I've been replaying the Silent Hill games um, on my personal channel, and the moment that, probably from both of them, that has stuck the most with me isn't like Pyramid Head or an enemy encounter or anything, but it is a brief cutscene in the first game where you, uh, where Lisa realizes her actual fate and then turns around and starts bleeding and kind of goes into your arms and you push her away because you're just a piece of shit in that game. Uh, yeah, that's a like classic. You're kind of a piece of shit in all those games. Yeah, classical, pivotal, spooky moment in that game. And it's like the music is so good. Akira Yamaoka, yeah. what are you doing? You're just going yeah. wild. What are you doing making soundtracks for World of Tanks or whatever you're doing now? Paying the bills. Uh, Vulgar Display of Gaming gives five A dollars and says, For me, Subnautica is by far the most scared a game's ever made me. And the first time I saw a Leviathan, I screamed while my mates pissed themselves laughing. What great friends you must have, Vulgar Display of Gaming. <laughs> Fear of the Deep. There's a great um, Jacob Geller essay called Fear of the Deep. Um, mm. that Or Fear of Big Things Underwater uh, that I, I highly recommend. I'm putting... Dropping that bad boy right here. Everyone check out fear. It's a smart thing to be scared of, I think. Yeah. It might bite your leg off. I don't want to be down there. Get me out of there. Can't see anything down there. Oh, look at that. They got us to 15.99%. What a bunch of teases. Ah, it's called edging. Well done, Chad. I'm very proud of you. I guess we 
not we don't want to hear about your edging pursuits. Thank you very much. Listen, I was just talking about monetary edging. Well, I guess it must exist. Financial, like sex, there's a thing. Financial domination. Findom. Yeah, findom. Findom fandom. It's it's findom edging is what we've got here. Oh, there we go, 16%. All right, fine. I don't want to be here anymore. Bet you can't get us to 20% by the end of the week. Challenge accepted. Nick's going to Nick's going to fucking Canada, and Nick brings in the money. I'm gonna. So I'll tell gonna you happen? what. If if uh, if the chat gets us to twenty percent by the end of the week, I will donate some money myself. Oh my god! When is the end of the week? Uh, Sunday. Your weekend end. Okay, Sunday. Sunday. Gotcha. So Ooh, we got another Dokapon stream on Saturday. Let me tell you. Oh my goodness! Well, if this Dokapon game. If we're past twenty percent. I'll chip in like a hundred bucks. How about that? Oh my god! And you'll have to leave a super chat too. What are you going to say? See, what if we should be able to make fun of your super chat? I'll Think just about that. I'll just uh, create a middle finger with uh, ASC two art. <laughs> anyway, uh, William Matthews gives ten pounds and says the portal to other saves game you were talking about made me think of a game called Idle On. Think RuneScape, but where each class specializes in a skill and you have multiple save files of classes. But do they interact with each other? Because your your idea, the thing we talked about was uh, the idea of of having a character almost uh, enter portals to other save files that you've yeah. made and interact with previous versions of yourself, what you were yeah. doing hours ago and vice versa. Yeah, that was the thought. It'd be really I, hard to make. I'm not sure how, you know, enactable it is. Listen, we're just an idea, man. We give the idea to someone else as the execution. Cash checks. Yeah, we've done the hard part. Yeah. Uh, Nick Mac- says, I only, get, I only get scared by real scary games like a real man. Nick, we have so much video evidence of you going, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like a thousand games. Don't you? <clears throat> get off your high horse. Matt Cowboy is member for 16 months in early access says Thief 2014 had the potential for good horror had yes it had the potential for a lot of things Matt Cowboy but unfortunately was none of those things did that game just suck like was there anything good about that game no okay bummer maybe I'll go into detail I'm thinking of doing extra punctuation on the subject of stealth focused gameplay there's a lot of games that have stealth in them, but there's very I'm really missing games that fully focus on stealth. That's the core of sure, all things. Sure. The Metal Gear Solid collection is coming soon. Tied around that. There you go. I was thinking of tying it into Assassin's Creed Mirage. It all works. It's all gravy. Month of the stealth. Because that's stealth all month. the stealthy. Mario Wonder is probably got some stealth. I doubt it. Well, the, you know, let's get back to the eternal debate of what actually constitutes stealth gameplay. Is Pac-Man a stealth game? A question for the ages. You can't hide from them. It is a it is a chase game in my mind. Oh, like uh, Outlast. All right, like a All little right. bit like Outlast. Yeah, if you can't if you can't easily hide, not easily, but if you can't fully hide from them. Uh, Zaratha gives R two dollars and says, "Your taunts won't work on me. No, wait." You got domed. Y'all got domed. Go. And then Paul, member for 13 months in bonus content, says Nick fled the country to dodge Dark Souls 2 streaming again. Baby shark, do 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 baby shark. Don't <laughs> you start. 
Don't you dare start. Nick's technically still here till tomorrow, but Jack has still usurped him and taken his spot on the, my, the streams. My Jack youngest is so child is still technically pre-verbal, but she started trying to sing Baby Shark. Oh no! She just <laughs> sings, just just sings. It's quite unnerving. <laughs> you just gotta put the Beach Boys on. Western Union. Barbarian. The officials. Oh no, we'll put on that cover of Blue Moon that goes. Ding a dang dang a ding a dang dong. Blue Moon. These are all better. These are all better better songs for your kid to be obsessed with. John Connor gives $2 and says, The step on me energy murmurs in its sleep. Is that a code phrase? Is that a, like a secret Mancurian code phrase? Do we have to reply with something? No, I think say, step on yes. me energy is like your fin dome. Right. The step on yeah. me energy murmurs in its sleep. Ah, but it is woken by the crowing of the bondage crow. That's how you, you enter your like uh, your your um, Templar society. Yeah. Your, your Freemasons. Uh, BS Marsh gives 4 and says, just join the stream. So thanks for helping us escape the chaos enveloping the world right now. Our pleasure. Oh, is something going on? Yeah, just I a couple noticed in my little suburban bubble in Northern California. Just a few things. Well, it can't be that important. No, of course not. Not, uh, not just genuinely terrifying. Nothing, not compared to talking about video games. No, the most important thing of them all. Uh, Wicked94 gives five Canadian dollars. Says, I played Doom 3 when I was 10 and all the jump scares and gore were terrifying. Yeah, fully intentionally so, Wicked94. What the hell were you doing? Mm -hmm. What the hell were your parents doing letting you play Doom 3 when you were 10? Yeah. Ah, you probably did a, did a little sneaky. They didn't know better. I was too scared to play even like Quake 1 when I was 10. When did you, when did you like develop your, your spooky game sea legs? I don't know. I guess uh, it was playing Junicum 3D over and over again and uh, mm. shooting the frightened, captured women. Yeah, Jesus. God. Uh, Kevin Ball gives five pounds and says, you get one life in Dizzy 2 due to a bug the programmers couldn't fix where you would repeatedly die if you dropped the snorkel while underwater. Well, it feels uh, like they could have tried a little harder to fix that, Kevin Ball. Yeah, they should have figured out. Not just go with one life for the whole game. <laughs> feels like there would have been would have just unlimited lives. Considering every other Dizzy game that you have three lives, that seems a weird sort of hard code way to get out of the problem. Yeah, it's the Dizzy conundrum. Sometimes you can't solve the Dizzy conundrum. Uh, James W. gives a thousand yen. Don't see so much of that. Oh, and says, first encounter with Headless and Sekiro stands out to me as pretty terrifying. It's a super eerie enemy for that stage in the game. Really leaves you wondering what the hell you've stumbled across. Yeah, FromSoft is really good at creating uh, those sort of memorable, unnerving encounters. Yeah. FromSoft um, is really good. I could have just ended the sentence that FromSoft is really good because from FromSoft is really good. Yeah, generally. It yeah. was even pretty unnerving playing parts of Armored Core 6. Yeah. Especially playing the tutorial. When you get to the end of the tutorial, it's like, okay, uh, kill this giant flying death fortress, if you could. 
no, this isn't a supposed to lose fight. Ha ha. <laughs> and then that just sort of leaves you to it. Uh, Phil Myassup gives 15 Norwegian Kroner. says, would you say forced solo sections of RPGs could be frightening? Well, depends. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's um, like taking away your tools can can be scary. Uh, even in like scary, like in Silent Hill 2, there's the scene where you need to enter the elevator by, by well, it's putting all pretty, of your stuff. It's a pretty defanged where basically every Jiminy Cockthroat game has that one bit where you get captured yeah. and they take away your weapons so the main villain can taunt you for a bit and you break yeah. out and instantly get all your weapons again. You just get all your stuff back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they weapons stripped you halfway through Half-Life and you never get them back. The weapon yeah, strip in Half-Life sticks. That's just rude. Not the ones you originally had, anyway. You don't, you don't, well, you gradually pick up all the weapons again over the course of the next few levels, but you don't, like, find a bag on a table sure. outside your cell with all the weapons. And just suddenly you're re equipped. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Neil Collins, member for three months in early access, says if you hear the SC sound, turn the lights back on. I don't know what you're on about, Neil Collins. Starcraft sound. What? I don't know what SC sound is. Starcraft sound? Starcraft? I don't know what. It- I don't know. That's what I thought of when I thought um, of SC. Uh, soft Cell, the band that did Tainted Love. That could be Soft Cell. That could be. Yes, yeah, so if you love. hear the sound uh, from Tainted Love that goes ba down down, that's when you turn uh, the lights back super on. Super chat sound. Turn the lights back on. Ba down down do 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 it's pretty spooky. It's a pretty spooky sound. Now you mention it. Yeah, some eighties eighties songs can 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 have a little can have a little spooky noise in the end. I always think about the existential horror from the Take on Me video. I mean, the oh, guy, like the that. guy, the comic book guy comes to life, but what sort of life is he going to follow after that? I mean, does he have that is true. like? I mean, how how did he suddenly come into existence? Does he have a birth certificate? Does he have? Uh, That's his biggest thing. Does he have social security card? Yeah. Does, yeah. Uh, does is he even understand the workings of the non two dimensional universe? Oh I always God, thought it would like be interesting land. to sort of sort of write a fiction with that sort of writing prompt, like you know the first dinner when the girl takes him to meet her parents, and he has to explain that he was he's an imaginary man who came from a comic book. Yeah. So how did you two meet? Yeah. Well, fun fact. It is kind of terrifying. Like, what is the rest of that life like? Yeah, yeah. What was your life like before then? Yeah, you just come into existence. Was it like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit situation? There's just this other world where all the cartoons live. Doomtown. Uh, Prize Factor Twenty Six gives four ninety nine and says Fable Two had a lovely winter themed home. Then it magically changes to a place where people likely died when you step in. Freaked me out. I like that. I like a nice transformation. I like something having the 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 visage of of kind of safety and tranquility, and then you get in, and you realize it's all rotten underneath, hmm. like a like a like a David Lynch town. Yeah, that is a pretty common David Lynch theme, isn't it? Loves he loves having the all oh, the perfect uh, American suburbia on the outside, and then you start chipping away at it. I love that bit in Blue Velvet see. where it's sort of the camera tracks below a nice pristine. Uh, green lawn and to reveal a bunch of insects crawling about why that was a bit on the nose as metaphors go 
Oh, David, David, you've done it again, David. You have done it again. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, well, that's all the Super Chats, and I think that'll be it from us for in uh, slightly something else. I'm so thanks proud of for, us. Thanks for listening. Uh, but don't think this is where the content stops on escapismagazine.com or youtube.com slash escapismagazine because I've got a zero punctuation coming this week. And it's a much requested one, if you're a member. I'm doing I'm finally doing Armored Core Six, is the oh, video going out to members. Non members can enjoy last week's video, which was on the subject of uh El Paso Elsewhere and another game that still isn't out of embargo. So you can all enjoy it. that. Uh what tomorrow. A weird situation. I was about to say on Wednesday, but then I remembered we uh we shifted slightly something else to Tuesday. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then I've got an extra punctuation dropping for members as well on Thursday. This one's about Spider-Man games. Timely enough, I think. Are you excited to play Spider-Man Two? I hope Venom's scary because sometimes Venom could be scary. So I hope this Venom. I hope he's scary. I don't know. I think history has shown us that introducing Venom to the Spider-Man adaptation is kind of the point where <laughs> shit goes to hell. <laughs> Womp womp. Uh, Fungus Finder. No, there's still going to be post ZP on uh, uh, for the next yes two weeks. Yes, there'll be post ZP of El Paso elsewhere, but not the other game tomorrow. Gotcha. And uh, I'll be doing. Um, I'll be streaming Armored Core Six next week because everyone mm-hmm. wants to see that. But then we'll be uh, shaking up the uh, yeah. Wednesday stream. I'll still be streaming on Wednesday afternoons. It just won't necessarily be whatever I reviewed in ZP. You know what? So you're still you're still gonna get your your two hours of Yahtzee fun times. Don't you yeah. worry. We could probably even play some uh, guess the game at the end still. Oh my god! What's gonna, are you gonna feel empty when you have guessed all the games? I feel like I pretty much have. I just yeah. every morning I just get the new one and guess it. Today's was. I would uh, buy if, Atomic if, Heart, if you could like if you could spend like ten dollars and have like. 10,000 guess the games. I would do that. You can do different ones with the same games, just use different pictures. I guess, suppose. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, what else is coming out on the Escapist this week? Oh my God, so much. Uh, tune back in in 90 minutes. Uh, Jack and Frost will be back streaming more Dark Souls 2. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, aside from post CP, we'll have uh, we'll have breakout at the normal time. We'll have uh, I think herbal, and then Thursday we'll have more Devil May Cry. We'll have more Zelda. Jesse's doing a very good job at Zelda. And then uh, yeah, tune back in uh, Saturday. I think Nick is gone again. So assuming the four of us are here, we're gonna do another another couple hours of Dokapon. Come back for that Dokapon. That is Dokapon is Ooh. that is game of forever. Let me tell you last thing. Oh, yeah. and don't forget new Adventurous Night episode going out for members on Saturday. That's right. That's right. You the one to, went out last Saturday that. for everyone. And if you haven't watched that one, don't miss out. It's mm-hmm. uh, Some people are saying it's the best episode of Adventurous Night we've ever done. Oh, my God. You've peaked. And it's all downhill from here. I beg to differ. It's oh, no. going to get more interesting as this series goes on. Oh, no. High bars. New high bars set. Uh, right, well, I guess that'll be it then. Mm-hmm. I'll catch you all later. I gotta walk this dog. Was that a euphemism or was that literal? 
Now I got to walk this dog that just jumped off my lap and is now staring impatiently at me because he's learned to notice the signs that I'm wrapping up. It is time. Oh my god, the art just came in for Adventures 9, let me tell you. That is a good ass thumbnail. And spoilers. You're on the thumbnail. You don't see spoilers. Well, I, assume I mean, my, your character. I, I assume my you. character is, yes, he's on most of yeah. them because he's one of the main characters. Funny no, that. but sometimes sometimes you're not there. This is a, this is you're featured prominently. Oh, a prominent one, eh? A prominent. Yeah, you get a you get a headlining role this time. Ooh. You're not just one of those fucking guest stars. Top of billing. Incredible. And all I did Bye, last everyone. time was a puppet show. As long as no one fucks that jump off, everything will be fine. Bye everyone! Bye. Bye everyone.